0: For joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center how many of you like to bake like to bake or have you baked at some point in your life at all yes. at some point yes okay yes okay <laughs> okay I'm not much of a baker okay but I'm getting better at it as time goes on okay I'm usually the one who's put stuff on a stove Runs to do 10 different things, comes back, it's overcooked, burnt, something. My husband still eats it, thank God. (laughs) Yes, he's done. (laughs) But when I was 18 years old, um, I went to make brownies one night and I thought i put all the ingredients that the box said into um, the bowl and I started to mix it. And I realized it just doesn't look right. You know when you're putting something in, it just doesn't look right okay so I looked around and I was like what am I missing what did I forget because this isn't gonna come out right I forgot the eggs now that's a really big important part cuz you have the oil you have the water and I'm missing the eggs so I put the eggs in it looks right I put it in Bing comes out perfect okay if I would have put those brownies in without the eggs it wouldn't have been so good okay so as we go about our daily lives and our weeks Um, We find ourselves using things to either cook with, a recipe, um, tools for work that we utilize to create things, make things, connect things, whatever your line of work may be, talk to people, however it is. Um, If you don't have the right ingredients or the right tools, um, nothing good comes out of it, right? Nothing. We can have pies that come out good, but if you're missing the ingredient, it won't be complete, number one. Number two, it won't be the same as if you used all the ingredients. So, we all need to know what we are made of. Okay? And that is the title of this sermon tonight is what are you made of? Okay? So, I want to give you insight of um, insight of who God made you to be, and what you are made of, and why he made you the way you are, and what he plans on doing with you in his kingdom. Amen? So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read verse 26 through 28. Um, this sermon is jam-packed with um, a lot of Bible verses. So I try to keep them not too far from each other, so it's not a bunch of... Um, guys can follow along pretty quick, okay? All right, so Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Let's move to chapter two, verse seven. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So we see that we are made in his image and his likeness, and that God blessed us. So what does that mean exactly? How are we like God and act the way we do? And how can we be like God if we have sinned? In the garden before Adam and Eve fell and sinned against God, we had no spot or blemish, nothing. Nothing. We were absolutely perfect. We were not sinners at that point in time. And Adam fellowshiped with God every day in the cool of the day. Um, If we go to Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Their sin made them ashamed and they hid from God. And this is the fall of sin and what changes into the sin nature that we have. Not because we're bad or have something wrong with us, but because we have sin nature passed down to us. So this is a spiritual death that causes sin in our lives, and the devil tried to get Adam and Eve to believe that they were not like God already. We got to remember in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, God made us, well, Adam at the time, like him in his image and in his likeness. And the devil came and tried to steal that identity and take from them, what was rightfully theirs and convince them that they were not who God made them to be. Okay? So it's kind of like someone convincing your own child that you gave birth to that they're not yours. Okay? And they go about their lives not knowing who they really are and then one day they reach out to you and they have to learn their background. They have to learn their roots. They have to... Find out who they are. Okay, if they believe the lie that they're not. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So God took what Adam had done and put a plan into motion. Thank God He didn't leave us there. Okay? He was not going to leave us in the in that state that we were in, but He would give us a choice whether or not we would follow Him or go our own ways. He gave us that choice. We were in a perfect place with God and chose to fall into sin. And, as my mother-in-law always says, that God is a gentleman. He's such a gentleman. So I had to put that in there. (laughs) So God is such a gentleman. Gentleman, he makes us choose. He won't force himself on us. Okay? He wants us to want him just like he wants us. Okay? And so um, he makes us choose what we will or not do and give us free will. We can choose the way we live over the good life. That was provided or we can live godly and stay from the worldly ways it is really up to us say up to us god. to decide whether or not god is what we truly want okay we have a choice we can be stay, saved and still not desire to have him in our lives because we don't want him to touch this or that or be involved in this area or that area we are comfortable with the way things are and are not sure what it would be like if we allowed him into those areas that we like to handle ourselves, okay? Can I tell you something? Listen, if you just allow God into your marriage, okay, that was the hardest thing for me, okay? I wanted to control because I was always controlled, okay? But I allowed God in to work on me Myself And my God, that was the best decision I ever made, okay? My my marriage is way different than it, it was. I read journals. I have a journal. I went back, and I was just like, wow, look at where we were and where we are now. Just because I stepped out and said, okay, God, you show me what to do because I'm messing it up, okay? I always thought he was the problem. He was me. Okay, so anyway, Um <laughs> I mean, we all have our issues, but you know, so. Let find my spot real quick before you go down. Hey, I'm going to take time to a the conference right now. Just do a bomb out there. Okay. So, if you allow God into your marriage, into your finances, yes. into your relationship with your children, and your job and your coworkers, the difference that it will make—you will be so amazed. Is it easy? I'm not going to tell you it's easy because it's really not. When God told me about my spending, I was like, "Oh, but I really just want to get." and mine is food, so I want to go out and get food, so, you know, but God's working on me on that, and I have to make sure that I don't, you know, he'll tell me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go order a $5 pizza, you know, it's so easy, because it's five bucks, you know, but then God's like, nope, you have this in there, you go eat that, and I'm like, oh, but you go do it, and then, by you know, then you have your money, you waste your gas going to get it, number one, we don't think about that, and then you're out the five dollars, too, okay, so, if we allow him into these different areas it will change it takes time but if you're obedient it will change so at first it feels unstable kind of like if you're walking on like you know unstable ground you're just kind of off okay but then it gets better it really truly does and um releasing control and allowing him to partake in your life Believe it or not, is as easy as saying, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Why? Because you trust him that he will not let you fall. You trust that what he says is best in your life, and you trust him to lead you and guide you and bring out the best in you and your situation. You trust him. You just, that's all you have to do is trust him. Okay. So God goes on to tell us that the serpent is serpents doom. If we go to Genesis 3, 14 through 15, it says, And the Lord God said unto that serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So let's stop for a moment and see what that looks like for us. The devil has for centuries tried to get us to believe we are like him. Okay, remember in the garden, he stole our identity from us. So he wants us to believe we're like him. Okay, have you ever heard of birds of a feather flock together? Okay, well, that serpent wants us to think that we're like him and not who God has called us and made us to be and that we will never change. And he does this to prevent us from going forth in our calling and the things that God has for us to do in this life. Say "This this life. You're not here just to go to heaven. Okay, so Deuteronomy 28 verse 13 tells us, and the Lord shall make thee the head not the tail, and shall be above and not beneath. If that's the case, then why do we live beneath? Why do we put up with the enemy making us less than who we are? If we only knew, if we only knew who we are, we wouldn't put up with it one more second, not one not one. Any um have any of you guys ever been bullied or watched somebody get bullied or actually was the bully? Listen, if you were the bully, it's okay. God forgives you. You're good. We're not going to look down upon you nothing like that. But <laughs> has anybody ever been bullied? Watch somebody somebody be bullied? Okay. All right. What is their weakness? What is a bully's weakness? Anybody have any idea? Fear. Okay. What else? Insecurity. Yep. Their weakness, their biggest, 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 biggest weakness is if you strike back. That's their biggest weakness. If you stand up for yourselves. How many bullies have you ever seen cower when someone actually took a stand? and said enough is enough. How many times does a bully leave someone alone if that person won't take it anymore? The enemy does not want you to get brave enough to stand up for yourself because if you know who you are, you will destroy him in your life and in others' lives as well. And he does not want that. He doesn't want you to know who you are. He doesn't. That's why he stole. Come on, John 10:10 10, 10 says, "The devil comes to do nothing but to steal, kill, and destroy, but God gives us life and life more abundantly. Very contrary, two different two different things. way, two different things, okay? He wants you to think you are the tail, okay? He wants you to think you are beneath no good, low down, dirty dog, and then get you to think it's funny when people say that to you. Okay? Because you'll laugh, hee hee hee, that's yeah. And then, but on the inside, you don't feel that way even if you laughed about it, okay? So it brings you down because you believe a lie. You believe that is just the way it is. I must be that, and that is not true. It's not. So I'm here to tell you that you are the people who scares the devil. And if he can keep you down, You won't get up. And you won't fight. You won't use your sword to fight back. Come on, if you've been bullied, you know what I'm talking about. Okay? I've been bullied. And I've taken a lot, a lot of the bullying. But I tell you, when you stick up for yourself, they're like, whoa, what's this? Hold on a second. They want to keep you down. It makes them feel good about themselves or make other people like them or think they're cool, and they're not. But the devil wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you down. And you will stay there and just get by in life. And we are not made to just get by in life. Nowhere in the Bible have I ever found so far that we are here just to get by. We're not. We're not. The Bible tells us much differently. God says the devil will have to be on his belly and dust shall he eat for all the days of his life and that the woman's sea will come and her sea will bruise his head because he's down low and the devil will bruise his heel. Okay. So now to remind you, if you did not know that the earth is considered God's footstool and that's in Isaiah chapter 66 verse 1. Okay. The earth is considered God's footstool just so you get the picture that God is showing us um, with the seed foot bruising the head of Satan. Okay. The earth, the devil's on the earth. Are y'all getting it? Are you, you got, okay, okay, okay. So what is Satan after? The seed. Satan was trying to kill the young children in the story of Moses, and that was not successful. You see that baby sacrifices were done in the Old Testament due to the influence of Satan. And we see that King Herod tried to kill the young to secure his throne, and so on, and so on, and so on. Why? Because he knew that if the seed that God spoke of in chapter 3, that that seed was going to... Come on. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he knew that if that seed came to fruition he would be destroyed but we know the story god's seed did come and the enemy could not stop it praise god okay so let's go to luke chapter 2 And we're going to look at um, verse 1, and this is the birth of Jesus, and it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, and his taxing was first made with Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child, which means she was pretty close to being due. Okay, she wasn't just. Um, Pregnant. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she would be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. What timing? Everything that God does is by order, okay? Nothing is out of order. Nothing's too soon or too late. It's so timed that everything holds Together. If one thing is out of place, it'll fall apart. His timing is so perfect, it holds everything together, even in your life as well. If you look back, you will see. You will see that everything was at the right time. The right time. The right time. Okay? So God knew that Jesus was going to be born at this time. You were born for this time. You were born for right now, why? Because he knew what was in you for this time, for this time, in this hour, in this day, for what he's calling you to do and what you gotta do only you can do, okay? Jesus did not just get born and then fast forward to the age of 30 really quick. Okay, that's what the Bible, we just seem, okay, he's born now, he's 30 and he's on his ministry, okay? <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Okay, so we must understand that Jesus was nursed by his mother, okay? He was potty trained, all right? He had to learn to eat foods just like you and me, but the difference was he had no sin, there was no sin in him. He was not born sinners like us. He came from a virgin in the Holy Ghost and was made sinless in the womb. Once he was born, he still had to grow. He grew up watching and observing the things around him, how people lived, how people treated each other, what was going on in the city, the synagogues, the temples, okay? Um, the drunkards, the prostitutes, he saw it all. Okay, he grew up knowing and watching all these things going on in life, and he understood what poor is, okay? He understood riches and what it did to people. And we have to remember that what he saw growing up, that he had to walk in life too, just like we did. So what we see growing up, not exactly what he saw, because it's different time, different place, things like that, but you see what I'm saying, okay? Okay. Um, Aren't you glad that he did that? Because when you think about that he's seen all these things, then you realize he really truly does know. He really does know what you're going through. He really truly does. Because he's seen it. He's lived around it. He knows. Okay, amen? So as Jesus grows, he and his family go to the temple in Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. He stayed behind to listen to the sermons and ask questions. Okay, so in Luke chapter 2, that same chapter, if you go to 46, okay, and it came to pass that after three days, they found Jesus in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And so his parents wondered why he did not go with them, as it goes on, and why he did that. So Jesus says in verse 49, so you can follow me down, verse 49, how is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? So he knew at 12 years old how important it was to be learning about God being about his father's business okay it's because he's preparing the way okay the way for what Redemption he had a purpose you have a purpose His purpose was to redeem and I'm going to as we go on you'll see what your purpose is okay? We were redeemed from the curse of the law and we were brought back to our rightful place in Christ. This redemption on the cross was significant for the life of you and me and, and everybody else. Okay? This is what God was planning to do from the beginning. Okay, so He we He wanted us redeemed. Okay. Oh Lord. So Jesus grows up, he gets baptized and receives the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit. And the Spirit led him to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Okay? Now that we overlook sometimes that um, Jesus was actually tempted by the devil. We think um, a lot of us have in the past or know somebody who have thought that, well, he's Jesus. Of course he can do all these things. Not really realizing that he was actually tempted just like us. He had to grow up just like us. He understands a lot of Of where we are coming from our experiences and things like that we seem to overlook that for some reason but he goes and is tempted by the devil okay and if we go to Luke chapter 4 same same book chapter 4 we're gonna go through verses 1 through 13 And uh, we're going to see how that went for Jesus. So, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did not eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward was hungered. And the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, The man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now I'm going to stop there just for a second, because you guys know the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay? So, our daily bread, and what we live off of, is the word of God. Okay, yes, we do have to take care of our physical bodies, yes, but what makes us thrive is this, because if we don't have this, things that come into our life will overtake us, we'll get back down to be thinking where the tail, we'll get down beneath, but this, this is what thrives us, okay? All right, so verse 5, and the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Now, some translations uh, say that um, if you will just bow down, just one time, just once, one time, that's all it takes. Bow down to me one time worship me. Okay. And all shall be thine. Um, and Jesus answered and said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Now that's the first commandment of the 10 commandments. Okay. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any time time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And that's in Psalms 91 verse 11. Uh, the devil was using scripture to tempt Jesus to see if God would save him, okay? And when the devil had ended all the temptation he departed from him, listen to this for season, for season, okay? So um, when the devil wanted Jesus to bow down to him, it was because he wanted. That worship, that's why he was sent down from heaven. Okay, because he wanted to be like God and have people worship him and things like that. You see what I'm saying? He was trying to get God to go against himself. All right, so Jesus was tempted by the things that we are tempted by. And um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 tells us, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Okay, so he was tempted in the physical, spiritual, financial, every aspect that we are. All could be yours if you bow down to me once. Okay, that's what the devil said to Jesus. Because he wanted everybody to bow down to him, okay? Um, He also wanted Jesus to reveal himself before it was time. Okay? All right? But Jesus was much wiser than that. Jesus would not fold, okay? Jesus knew who he was. We got to know who we are, so we don't fold, okay? Um, So once... Jesus was done in the wilderness, his ministry began. His ministry didn't begin until after he was baptized, he went to the wilderness, then his ministry began, okay? So he began to call his disciples and then teach the word by signs, parables, and this is what he gave to them to use while he was still here on the earth. So if you go to Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 8, this is what he tells them. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. There are key points in this passage I want to show you. First is that he directs them to the lost sheep of Israel, okay? That's Israel is still big on God's heart, and that will always be, okay? Number two, he tells them to preach that the kingdom of God is at hand, okay? The kingdom of God was at hand, Okay, I'm going to explain that to me, to you. Jesus sent them forth before he arrived to the towns to tell people that the kingdom of God was at hand because Jesus was coming. Okay. Whoa. Y'all got that revelation just there a little bit? Okay, we're called forth to tell people that Jesus is coming too. Okay. All right. Okay. So... Okay, hey. He tells them what they are capable of. Okay, so they're capable of healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out devils, because freely you have received, freely you give. It's not yours to keep. You're supposed to give it away because there's always replenish and flow and flow. Okay, so if you don't, then you're not going to get anything extra. It's just, you know what I mean, just stops. Okay. So there's nothing you can do to earn it, no money, no bribery. It's freely given to you, okay? You can say, I can't give it away. Look at my life. Excuses. Look at what he used in his disciples. <laughs> if we go through, I didn't put their background in here. I probably should have, but I didn't, okay? <sighs> Look what I did yesterday, I can't minister to them. Yes, you can say you're sorry, that's ministry. Okay, admitting you were wrong and explaining yourself is ministry. Okay, not many people will humble themselves to repent and say I messed up, but you can. But you can, and you can and show them the love of God while you do it. Okay, so don't let excuses become a stumbling block for your walk with God. Okay, before you know it, you will have every excuse in the book to not do something and then wonder why God isn't using you. Are you available? You want it, but are you available? Are you allowing yourself to be available or be used? Well, but... You know that thing? Well, well, get all the butts out the way and stop it. There are people out there that want to be hugged, smiled at, prayed for, told they are doing a great job, prophesied over. Don't tell me you can't do it. You have the almighty God backing you up and wanting to move and you're stopping the flow. Don't make excuses, okay? Let's um, move on. We're gonna see what's provided on the cross. We see from Genesis to Jesus' birth to his baptism. Let's see what happens when he dies. We're gonna go back to Isaiah 53. Actually, we're going to go to... We're actually going to start in Isaiah 52. um, Because that's where it talks about Jesus. Isaiah 52, uh, verses 13. We're going to start there. Okay. All right. It says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were... um, Astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man. They're talking about his body. Okay, it was marred more than any man. And his form more than the sons of man. Okay, so he was not recognizable. Okay. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see. And that which they had not heard shall they consider. So we're going to continue on to... Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now, this is what we're talking about, Jesus growing up, okay? There was nothing really special about him that would make him stand out, and everybody knew, oh yeah, that's the Messiah. Okay, Um, there was no beauty or anything that stood out. So he is despised and and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth." He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide a portion with the great, and he shall divide the portion with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. I know that's a lot to take in, but there's a lot in there that if we don't read the whole thing, we're going to miss it, okay? We, got, we, can't, we, gotta, we can't miss it, okay? So we see what Jesus did for us and why in that um, chapter. We also see our inheritance, health, wholeness, our grace of having an intercessor, thank the Lord, and a portion of what God gave to Jesus. Okay, let me go back. The Lord said, I will divide Jesus a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Okay, so we're getting, obviously we know um, through pastor's teaching that we have an inheritance from the Lord. Okay, now let's go back to Mark chapter 16, and we're going to start in 15, and we will see what we can do with what Jesus redeemed for us on the cross and what it looks like when we receive him as Lord and Savior and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? It says, Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world, say "all all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay? He that believeth, which belief is an act, an act word, okay, and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Shall they speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yeah, yeah, I know that verse. Right? We've all heard that verse, right? Don't think that. Because my question is, if we know the verse, then why is it not getting into you? When are you going to see yourself as God sees you and do what he tells you to do? Okay, we can teach you and preach to you all year long, but until you go and do what you know to do, you won't move you won't go forward you will stay in the same place spinning your wheels is it easy No, it's not it's not easy (laughs) but if you do it you will see that the more opportunities that come it gets easier okay you will start to get over yourself which is a big one okay the way i see this part of our walk with the lord um you know those little radio flyer little they're like three-wheel bikes i don't really know what they're called but they're three wheels okay tricycle thank you i have how many kids and i don't know that okay so you have these little radio flyers you know when you get on them they're so hard to you watch the kids they're struggling they're just like oh and you kind of have to like scoot them kick them along Okay, guys, kind of like how our walk is with God. God. Okay, you're trying. You're like, ooh, ooh, I don't like this. It's kind of hard. And God's like, go, go. Okay, that is. But the more they get the strength to do it, they get the hang of it. Before you know it, they're like down the street, and you're like, hey, wait up. Where are you going? Okay, come back. (laughs) Right? Okay. So... I have a testimony and then I will close um, about stepping out okay so um, I was wanting some clothes for myself um, you know my husband's the only income so I wanted you know some clothes I have to wait you know which is fine and so he gave me twenty dollars one day and he told me to go to Walmart which is one of my favorite places to shop for clothing and um, I go in there and I'm like, I know I'm going to find something. He told me to get like an outfit or a dress for a church. And this is back when KJ was little. He was in his little car, so he was just little. So um, I go in there in the woman's section and I cannot find one thing. It was kind of like everything there I had no desire for and I didn't understand why because anytime I go into Walmart, I can find something. Okay? So I was like, okay, well, this is weird. Well, I need to get some milk. So I left the women's section and went to go get milk. Well, this old lady comes by, and God says, give her the $20. I'm like, what? Oh my God. I'm not gonna come home with the money, number one. And this lady thinks I'm like, gonna be crazy. You know, because you, you, you just now starting out, you know? Like, okay. So I looked really obvious. I go get my milk. I'm following this old lady. <laughs> and then she, she looks, I'm like. <laughs> very obvious, okay, very obvious, okay. Just so you know, I started I started coming here just so you kind of know how, how long ago it was. Um, KJ was six months old when I first started here. Okay, now he's eight. So it wasn't too long after that when this all occurred, okay, I don't know the exact date, but I was nervous. I thought, this lady's going to think I'm crazy. If I go tell her that God told me to give her this, she's going to think I'm nuts. What if she thinks I'm going to try to hurt her? Here, I'm following her. Is she going to think I'm trying to steal from her? I was so, and my eyes were like this big, and I'm like, I'm going after this lady. Crazy. So, she goes into the, um, the, Um, what is it called, the arts and crafts section, okay, and she's not that far, so say here's where the aisle starts, well, she's like here, so when I come around the corner, I'm like, oh, she's right there, I'm like, oh man, now what am I gonna do, well, she sees me, she looks right at me, and I'm like, I'm so suspicious, so I see her purse in the little basket, so I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna walk by, and I'm just gonna drop it in there. She watched me the whole time. I was like, I hope this lady doesn't think I'm stealing from her by dropping money into her purse, you know. But then I go, I'm like, I'm getting out of here. I go and I, I'm i in the checkout line. Things are like one or two people behind me. I'm like, oh, is she going to call me out? Is she going to say something to me? Okay. I'm in that oh, 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 part of the tricycle learning how to flow okay when God told me to do something to step out okay it's not easy for me I was freaking out just like the kids are stressing to get that tricycle to move and God's like boop kick you and go so about I think like a week or two later how many of you know construction have ever been in construction okay you know them big humongous black construction garbage bags They look like Santa Claus bags. I got two bags full from a lady behind me of women's clothes. I gave her the $20, and I got two bags of clothes. I'm not going to tell you that stepping out and doing these things is easy. It's really not. Okay, you think that the people are not going to receive you. You think mm-hmm. but you know what? They really want you to step out. They don't have a sign above their head, please pray for me today. I need prayer. I'm having a stressful life. If you listen to God, God will tell you, and you, if you are too scared and you're all about yourself and you don't step out, because you are the flow, you are it. Okay? And so um, they want the prayer, they want the encouragement, they want the smile, okay? They want love. And the only way you can give it, which is freely given to you, is to know who you are, okay, and what you have, and use it, okay? So don't allow distractions, the what-ifs, the buts, or anything else get in the way of you doing the will of God. It will make a difference in your life and, and others' lives as well. I'll tell you another real quick one. You know those uh, uh, healing scriptures on the white card in the back, okay? Um, I don't remember who made those, but um, I took them home and I started end up passing them out and stuff. Well, my husband ended up coming home with a fever and he's not the type, his mom's back there, she'll tell you, he won't tell you if there's something wrong, he's just not the type of person to say, oh, I don't feel good, now." Well, he was had a fever and so I got out the card and I sat on the side of the bed. And I asked him, I said, you know, I got this healing card from church. Can Would it be okay if I just prayed these over you? He was like, yeah, I don't care. You know that fever left? By the time I... It's two, two sides. Gone. Gone. But if I wouldn't have stepped out, I don't know how it would have ended up. But I didn't want him to be in a fever. He won't take medicine. So... I wanted it to go away. I wanted him to feel better. Okay, so these are ways that you can step out because that's God in you. Okay, so I just want to encourage you to know who you are, what you have. Don't stop the flow and go. For listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.